Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 619 of the Chair Shot Podcast. We are back once again, uh, 619 episodes deep. And you'll notice that I'm introducing the show, which means that uh, Barry isn't here. Uh, to give him his full title, Barry, yes, I'm on holiday again, Murphy. Um, the only man who takes more holidays than Brian Alvarez, I think. Uh, he seems to be away every two weeks, but yeah. You've, you've got me and Paul here to talk uh, through the week in wrestling, uh, popular culture, and other things. Uh, hello, Paul. Hello, Joe. Yeah, Good when evening. you have the mighty uh, Twitch dollar, you can uh, yeah, yeah. take, take a break here and there. He's jetting off to somewhere in hot in Spain uh, to watch the hurling final, as you do, in a pub. Uh, classic uh, Brit-Irish behaviour. Go abroad, watch a bit of uh, local sport yeah. in a pub. That's why you do it. Yeah, I hear he was eating uh, spuds and stew <laughs> as well. Classic. Uh, Ooh, a piping hot plate of Irish stew in yeah, uh, yeah, Mallorca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, why not? Um, and really what happened is uh, I hit him with the 619. You hit the West Coast pop <laughs> off the top. And uh, we, we got rid of him, one, two, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. So 6-1-9. I mean, we, we, we have to have known that this, this has been coming for 618 episodes. We were eventually going to hit episode 619. Yeah. And we are, we were woefully underprepared. <laughs> uh, usually it's because we only remember what episode number it is uh, when we... We could have had a Ray Mysterio in. quiz. We could have had a Ray Mysterio... We could have had him on the show. Yeah. Beat his kids. Um, but we didn't manage no. to arrange that. Uh, but we'll have some artwork and a title that reflects this mon- monumentous occasion. Uh, trying to think what we did for 316. I'm sure we did some kind of Austin-related thing. I'll, I can find that very quick. I, yeah, I only really... I always have to double-check what the episode number is on the website just to make sure that it's the one we have here, isn't it? Uh, okay. Podcast 316 says, I just whooped your cast, was the name of the episode. Okay. And it was a picture of uh, Steve Austin drinking some beers, and it had Chair Shot 316 in the Austin 316 font. Yeah. I just, I just Googled that, actually, and, and there's an IMDb page for that episode of the, the podcast. There's what? We're on IMDb. How does that happen? Is It must be pulled through from Stitcher or somewhere else. But, yeah. If you... Um, the, the, the top result, if I Google Chair Shot Podcast 316, yeah. the top result is IMDb. Um, podcast episode. It doesn't have any uh, cast or anything. I think I need to add the cast to this, actually. So maybe and a I'll, plot. That's I'm weird. Gonna, I'm going to do that after this, after this episode. <laughs> Update our IMDb approach. Well, um, we have... Well, it has a, the Chair Shot Podcast. It, well, I, I've noticed an inaccuracy already. It has the Chair Shot Podcast podcast series 2016 to so it's like we didn't obviously start in 2016 yeah that might have been when we got the website though that might be where it's probably that from uh and does it have another episode on here hang on what's this one no it's just you know there is one yeah 617 there's a one for 617 as well for some reason jezo bell which was not the most recent one with the one before contribute to this page i will absolutely be suggesting an edit uh, to that um well good to know we're on the imdb um let's get a pad out our our cvs um but other than that how's your week been paul any any news for us Uh, 
little fucking week. Uh, well, I when was this? Wednesday or Thursday? I uh, got in. I was watching some TV. I plugged my phone in to charge while I was watching TV. Yeah, went around the house doing doing some other stuff. Came back, took the phone. I think I was going to go for a walk or something. And I looked down, and it was on twenty four percent battery. And I said, "Oh, maybe I didn't plug it in right, or maybe the switch on the wall was off or something." So I checked it again. It's not charging. Try a different charger. Mm. It's not charging. Um. So yeah, unfortunately, the old phone. I think I've had it for four or five years. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, it just it it wouldn't charge anymore. And so it still worked, but the the number on the battery uh, percentage was just creeping down, down, down. And so I said, well, maybe it's time to get a new phone. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not typically someone who updates the phone regularly. Anyway, I'll just use it until it either doesn't work anymore or the performance gets so bad that I get annoyed with it, and then I'll mm. get a new one. But the previous one had been working absolutely fine, only that suddenly it wouldn't charge anymore. Uh, now you might think, well, couldn't you just get that repaired? And it's like yes, but then how much? How much? Is that kind of, what a hundred? Hundred quid to get repaired, probably. Waste of time, absolute waste of time. And they make it that way. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. easy to get it repaired. They want you to buy a new one. But it's, but it's expensive, and then you're still having an old phone that you're going to need to replace mm. anyway. So I bit the bullet and I got a uh, a four hundred and something euro uh, telephone, Samsung. Stuck with the Samsung family, right? Uh, Samsung. A fifty four five G, I think it is, and it's a big hefty one. I've not ever had one of these, you know, uh, Max or uh, Plus mm-hmm. model phones. So I'll show Joe here. Obviously, the listeners won't see. Here's my previous phone in my hand, quite uh, yeah. thin yeah. and not too small. And here's the new one. Oh god, there's a little size difference. And even from the side, you can see it's a it's a it's a beefy Take boy. As well. It's like Brian Cage and Big Bill. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. It's uh, certainly of their uh, ilk. But it's uh, it, it does work really well. One thing I did notice is um, I didn't I, I haven't gone back to the old I think the old phone still has eight percent battery on it. Just if I ever need, I just have yeah. it powered powered off. But um I I cracked up the uh, the Pokemon Go again, mm. as you do, and there was an option in there, like, uh, unlock frame rate or something. I said, all right. Or unlock refresh rate, I think it was called. I clicked it, and suddenly it's running at, like, 120 frames a second. It's like uh, graphics are all smooth and weird looking. Uh, I don't think my previous phones were able to run that way. Um, Got all my uh, podcasts and everything. The good thing with um, any phone which has kind of Google integration into it is it seamlessly transfers all your data over. Yeah through your Google account. So all my apps automatically installed again. Um, the only issue I had, I had two main issues. Number one was uh, a lot of the apps when you're setting them back up, because oh, mm-hmm. actually before I get into the story, I have to explain I had, a, I had a problem with the phone once I set it up initially was that I mistakenly assumed that I didn't need a new SIM card because I'm with the same provider. Right. Right. I can just take the SIM card out of the old phone and put yeah. it in the new phone. Yeah. 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 No, apparently you can't. 
apparently now they 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 lock if you use a, a specific phone number on a specific sim card in a specific phone it's kind of locked to that phone you can't just take it out really? and put it into another phone apparently because i took it out and plugged it in same provider same like i bought it in the three store you know i didn't buy it from like a carphone yeah, or like yeah. typical, you know a generic phone store i bought it in the provider store so i thought well all the same company should be no issue to sw- swap it over i put it in and i get a uh, sim is not provisioned message no um network no no internet no f- phone calls no text messages coming in and of course on a new phone Nowadays, uh, a lot of the apps when you're setting them up say, "Oh, log in with your password, log in with your username." Mm. Oh, and we've sent you a little text just to make sure you are who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, "There's no way again the texts." <laughs> so I couldn't oh set up for the bloody apps. I did. I did have to go back in today to get the new SIM card, so it's all working now. But that was very annoying. That's very annoying. It must be a that's the old bloody EU probably making that happen. Thank God we got out of that. Mess. <laughs> I can I can put my SIM card wherever I like, including up my ass if I want. And but like up yours, the laws can't do anything about it. But like when you're buying a new phone, shouldn't they in the shop say to you, "Yeah, listen, if you if you want if you're going to want to be keeping your number, I'll give you a new SIM card. We'll do it now in the store. It's yeah, free yeah, anyway because yeah. you're entitled to, I think, uh, one new SIM card a year or something. I don't know." What but right. there's no mention of a SIM card. They just sold me a phone and a case. They're too happy to offer me a case, of course. Um, but then I got home and the blue SIM card didn't work in it, so I had to go all the way back in. And then the girl there was explaining to me, oh, but if you if you want to keep your number, it won't work on the phone. I'm like, what do you mean it won't work on the phone? Obviously, I needed to work on the phone. She's talking about the old phone. Like, I, I don't give a shit about the old phone. I want my new phone to work. Anyway, we got it all sorted out. Nightmare. Although the other issue is in in the last year there's been phone transfers, there's been laptop transfers, um, and uh, a lot of the music that I've um, mapped to Spotify as like local file music, yeah, um, was lost in the trans in the transition. Unfortunately, so I, I lost a lot of my music, which wasn't uh, which isn't on Spotify. That's why I kind of yeah, yeah. think it to my phone. Uh, it's gone now, unfortunately. But maybe it's maybe it's a good a good thing to have a clean break from the old music that I actually never listened to and just liked having. <laughs> yeah, check check out some new stuff. Yeah. Check out some new stuff. Yeah, so that's gone. But uh, we have the uh, we have the new phone. It does work. Happy days. It's got five G as well, which is exciting. Um, hopefully, it doesn't make my brain turn into uh, a liberal or something. Uh, you've now got COVID. So make me gay. Ooh, we've got the COVID. Um, well, that's, that's very frustrating but exciting uh, news to get a new get a new phone. Um, it is, although I do feel like the excitement in getting a new phone now is not what it used to be, right? Because performance wise, the phones are pretty much all the same now. It's, it looks it's whereas a bit, before bit better, yeah. you you get a new phone after five years and it'd be like, oh my god, look how good this phone is! Oh, wow, it's crazy! It works all mad. Now it's just kind of oh, it's the same, right, maybe a slightly faster. Yeah, but also probably slightly more annoying. Like they've got rid of some good stuff or they f- fucked something up. Anyway, anyway, new phone, new phone. Who this? Um, well, like we, you know, nothing, nothing huge to report um, here. I did go out last night to the theater. Ooh, um, that's what Americans nice. call the cinema. Yeah, this wasn't that though. This was real people in 
on a stage. Yeah. Oh. What do they call that in America? Uh, I Broadway. Going to the going to the opera. We're going to Broadway uh, to see an opera. That's what they call that. Uh, This was a musical. It was good. It was absolutely. uh, I want you to say pissing it down yesterday, basically all day from noon until about the early hours. So we did get wet. There was also a rail strike, so we got the last train out into London, uh, and then we had to fart around getting a bus and another another different kind of train back. Um, but you know, it was worth going and we saw a show called, uh, a strange loop. I think that was the name of the show. If I got it wrong, I'm pretty sure it was a strange loop. I've forgotten, but, um, yeah, it was very entertaining. It was a story about a gay black, uh, playwright writer in New York who's trying to write a play. So it's very kind of meta self-referential type play. So the play is about him trying to write the play and it's, Oh, it's, it, it's very rude, very uh, uh, confrontational, I would say. You know, it doesn't hold back about kind of <laughs> gay culture and sex and race and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't take your granny to that one. Um, it was uh, but very, very funny. What if she's into that? If she's into that, fucking get her in the play. Get her a little <laughs> role. Um, it was very good, and it gets quite dark towards the end, but there's a, some, some very good pieces. Yeah, I, I like a musical. It's not my kind of medium really uh but you know you can you can enjoy it if it's got good performances some catchy yeah. songs you know uh it was a lot of fun we also got bumped up because we bought as you might i don't know if you know paul theater tickets very expensive um anywhere from like 50 up to well over 100 quid for the best right. seats in the house yeah. um so michelle got a couple for 45 which were in the i think in the upper circle um which as, uh, as far as I can tell, are the, are the bad seats. I don't was, really know. Was, uh, Chris Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, Hager, the other? <laughs> you're thinking of the inner circle. Paul. Oh, uh, so you're the other one. It's the upper circle. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't really know what are supposed to be the good and bad seats at the theatre, but I think the stalls <laughs> are the good ones and the upper circle are like the cheaper ones. So by my guessing, you want to be sort of – it's kind of like at the cinema, actually. Those are the best ones, like in the middle, a yeah. few rows back. That's kind of where you want to be. Um, but anyway, we got bumped up because I think they, the upper circle hadn't really sold. So they just give us a little upgrade. So we sat Ooh, about five rows back. So it was good. We had a very good view. Beautiful. Very nice theatre. Yeah, so fun evening had by all. Um, and it was so bloody cold and rainy on the way back that we actually put the central heating on in the middle of, in the middle of July. So yeah. that's how desperate it was. But there we go. That's a good old uh, summer for you. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of fun, a lot of fun. So good, good, good week, good week. And then today we went to McDonald's. Oh, oh treat yourself to a little McDonald's. I had very unusual. I don't n- normally have this, but I had a Big Mac. Very good. I had the double Big Mac with bacon. Okay, so not a Big Mac and the double Big Mac, just a, uh, the, the, the version of the Big the Mac double was Big the Mac. double. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit. A version that's of like four four burgers in it, right? It's, it's like four burgers, burger. yeah. yeah. Um, but I was checking, so I didn't realize the the Big Mac is actually smaller than a quarter pounder, like yeah, in terms of the it's amount of meat. Standard. I always assume burgers. it's it's more because it's the Big Mac, but yeah. I think it's just more bread than more than, it really is. than beef. Yeah. So yeah. actually, it wasn't. It was kind of less than a double quarter pounder, which I will sometimes have. So it wasn't 
like yeah. that much. Only thing is, it completely fell apart as soon as I got it out of the box. Like I picked it up, and <laughs> two other patties in the Squeezing middle farm just went pfft, straight yeah. out everywhere. So I'm kind of just like dripping into my mouth. But that was okay. And then um, we also tried out a limited edition chocolate pie. So uh, it's your your typical apple deep fried apple pie, mm. but with a chocolate ganache filling instead of apple. So. <laughs> Oh baby, if they had those on the menu all the time, I'd I would get one every time. Because I'm not a big McFlurry yeah. fan, and I don't apple pie is okay, but I don't usually want one. Uh, if they had a, if they had a chocolate pie, <laughs> I'd be in there every time. But anyway, was it the was, uh, the McDonald's next to the Sainsbury's? Was it? It was that one. Yeah. Um, so, I can, so I can so I can visualize it in my head. Yeah, it was good. Not too uh, not too busy. So uh, very good. Yeah, enjoyable. I had a I had a, a Burger King. Oh, uh, before the cinema. Nice. Uh, only, only a single whopper though. I didn't go. Uh, oh, okay, didn't. Know. Didn't go all out. Little, little single whopper. I'll tell you about the the cinema trip. Obviously, that might explain the uh, the food choice. But we'll get to our cinema trips uh, soon. Um, so the other, I think, really only the only only wrestling news of the week there was not, not been much happening aside from tv and obviously we'll, we'll cover the tv but um ring of honor death before dishonor has mm. come and gone uh joe did you give any time to checking it out i haven't yet however i <gasps> did read i did read a review which was very well very well received a okay. very good show apparently so I I, have, I may check it out, but right. I haven't yet. But it'd be one of those that I kind of get to watching at some point, and I'll watch some of it, not all of it. But it looks, yeah. from what I can see, the top matches were very well received, so worth a worth a watch. Yeah, I ha- I haven't, and I probably won't. Uh, which is a shame because the Ring of Honor shows that under the AEW umbrella to this point have all been great. Mm. Um. I think it's just with the addition of collision, especially in the week. Uh, I'm I'm just all wrestled out. Yeah, and the card the card just wasn't super compelling. Through not entirely through their own fault, obviously injuries and this and that oh. happened. But you know, I wasn't that compelled to uh, to part with my cash, especially after buying a four hundred and fifty euro phone. Yeah, yeah, and so I did not. Um, unfortunately, watch the pay per view, and I probably won't, as I said. Yeah, I, I saw a review as well that kind of had it in the uh, eight out of ten range, which is very good in normal circumstances. But for me to buy it, I was needing a nine or a ten. To mm. be honest, mm. um, one thing I have been watching, and I did part with my hard earned cash uh, to watch. Was the uh, the Manchester United preseason friendlies Ooh. on MUTV seven ninety yeah. nine for the month? So that's kind of become in recent years uh, a little preseason ritual. Is I I get one month of MUTV, yeah, and I watch all the preseason friendlies. So I've watched. There's been three so far. I've watched everyone, and I watched last night Manchester United and Arsenal, yeah, which was a fun little game. Um, however. The next three friendlies are on all in the middle of the bloody night. I'm not going oh, no. to watch them live. And I don't have confidence that I'm going to be able to navigate MUTV mm. uh, and avoid spoilers because I'm sure it's going to be plastered all over it. 
the score, the result, what happened. Yeah, yeah. So well, I might do a little. A um, I might do a little uh, research to see if there's a way to kind of just get to kind of the game uh, rewatch or whatever. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, just go figure it out. I, I have the app. You see, that's how I watch it through. I put on the Chromecast yeah. on the TV. But yeah, a couple of good little uh, get little games. Nothing too uh, exciting or crazy because there's no stakes, which I find is also mm. you can have a good game, uh, but ultimately the stakes are what makes football exciting because yes. they're playing for three golden points, three crucial points, or to get through to the next round of the cup. When it's a friendly, and what's funny as well is they 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 had the match and they announced beforehand. I'm sure you saw this. Regardless of the result. There's going to be a penalty shootout at the yeah, end as yeah. well, which United also won. <laughs> Completely finally. I, I thought it was going to be like you know when you're you're playing football as a kid and it's like uh, someone gets called in for their dinner. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next goal wins penalty yeah. shootout. And whoever is a little bit like uh, throwing the kettle over the pub in the office. This is the real match. This is the real quiz. Um, yeah, it, was, it was all right. United uh, got a couple of good goals. Yeah, I watched them. Pretty um, good. I'll tell you what I wasn't so impressed by any of the new signings in the game. Oh Mount, Rice, Timber, Havertz. Yeah. All very quiet. I, I forgot Rice was playing at one point. Well well we'll see. Maybe he's betting in. I think he's the kind of player Rice. He's better it's gonna be interesting because at West Ham obviously they're up against it quite a lot. Then you know less possession. He's in. He's there to intercept, to make challenges, to try and win balls back. Also with Arsenal having more possession, it'll be interesting to see. More yeah, I, I, I anticipate. I, I accept that Rice might be a player whose true value is not in what he visibly does, but how the team ticks better mm. with him in it. I will say I've always found that this isn't because he. Played once for Ireland and then decided to play for England. I don't. I don't honestly care about that because I don't even watch most of the Irish football. But um, I've always thought Rice has been a little bit overrated, and certainly when you're paying one hundred and five million, mm. when you could get a Caicedo for half that, who's twice as good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Two, two good players for that. It's a little bit, a little think- bit, a little bit over top, and and Mount as well. Like I still think. Mount is a bit of an odd signing for United. I wouldn't have gone for him. Um, obviously, with Eriksen and uh, Casemiro not getting any younger, maybe it was to get a little bit more youth, a little bit more blood mm. in, in you know, young blood in the center mid. But Mount is 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 a strange one because I feel like his best position is where Bruno plays, and he's not better than Bruno. He's not getting the team ahead of Bruno. So. Bit of a weird one. I, I mean, in a sense, I, I just say that I feel like Rice is overrated, but I feel like Rice is a better signing for Arsenal and what they need than Mount is for United. Whereas Onana is 100% the upgrade we've needed for about five yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Even if we kind of unceremoniously dumped De Gea in a way that I thought was a little bit unfair. I know. He deserved better. But yeah, Onana very excited. And Mount, we'll see. I think I'm just glad we've got a midfielder. I think for so long we were just reluctant to sign a midfield it was like oh, no, no midfielders for you well, I mean yeah. Ericsson Casemiro and Fernandez, when they were fit last season I thought were a very good unit but mm-hmm. like they're all, Ericsson and Casemiro are both what 31-32 range mm-hmm. and uh, 
Casemiro missed seven games through suspension. Ericsson missed yeah. quite a few through injury. Maybe, yeah. You just, and, and then your, your backup options are Fred and McTominay. Maybe he wants to get someone else in. Obviously, yeah. Fred's going to be moved on as well, it seems like. Yeah. Well, I think I'm excited for the new season. I think it'll yeah. be uh, a lot, We're only a lot three weeks away. Things can only get better. Speaking of things that are only three-ish weeks away, uh, do you have a feature for us, Paul? I do. The feature is... Buckham Kano, <laughs> which is a Hawaii Five-O reference for people who remember that show from back in the day. So I wanted to take stock of, because, you know, you and me are here and we're going to be making our, our trips to uh, to north the northwest of London, yeah. to Wembley Stadium, uh, to see All In. And also because, you know, we just had Blood and Guts this week, and so I feel like Dynamite is going to be a... Reset of the cycle as we move towards all in mm-hmm. and all out. Mm-hmm. I just want to see where, kind of where we are with regards to the lay of the land as far as AEW goes. And one thing we never do on this show is a fantasy book. No. Because ultimately, kind of, what's the point? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you'll only be disappointed. I do think. Uh, the time calls for us to do a little, you know, with 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 what AW has currently, with the storylines mm. they have going on, uh, and wrestlers who are available. Maybe we can put together a little, a little uh, ten match card. Mm-hmm. What what we might like to see, and maybe then compare that with what we get. Okay, and see where we are. This is uh, this is just co- uh, both of us combined. We don't need to make it fun. Bit of fun. So we have ten matches. Let's say we can kind okay. of work our way down. But do we want to? Do we want to have all of the championships defended? Would that make sense? Well, I'm go- let's should we just go through the card and do you want to try and predict, or are we booking what we would book? Is- I don't think predict. I think I think I think okay. more so booking what we would book. Okay, and well. then we can kind of hold that to what they actually present mm. and see. <laughs> ours, is, ours is going to be better. Ours is going to be better. Obviously. Well, you never know. You know. I um, because I was going to, I was going to bring this up because I, you know, we are only a month out now. I have no idea what's going to be on this card. No, and, that, and not just because, as you say, you know, blood and guts just happened. That was kind of like the pay per view almost, and then we're going to go into the next pay per view cycle following that. Um, just looking at how the card set up, very hard to pick out. You know what any kind of match would be, even with the top guys. Yeah. Um, so I really don't know what to expect at all. But um, yeah, we can have a little uh, whew, little booking session right now. Let's get it, get this sorted out. All right, here's the first question because because yeah. also what I want I want this to be semi realistic as well. Okay. So keeping in mind that there's also a pay-per-view the following week. Yeah. We do have to ask ourselves some questions like, do you have the world title on the line at all in? Allowing for the fact that there will be a pay-per-view a month later. I think you nearly have to. I think have you have world to. Title match. Biggest show they've ever done. You can't not have a world title match. So I- and so you're going to have MJF uh, defending. Mm. Do you think it's going to be MJF Adam Cole at All In, or do they do something else and then MJF Adam Cole at All Out? See, I was thinking it was going to be MJF Adam Cole, but now that they are the hottest thing in wrestling, I don't, I wouldn't do it. 
I feel like and maybe it should be MJ. I mean, you could do a tag match, but then that means obviously the world title is not going to be on the line, which is a problem. Mm. Um, I, you could do... I was thinking MJF and Adam Cole beat FTR next week on Collision, win the titles, and then defend them at All Out. Against uh, FTR. Oh, sorry, All In. Yes, do the rematch at All In, and then maybe they lose the titles there, and that's when MJF does the turn at Wembley. Possibly, I, I, I don't. I don't hate that idea at all. And then maybe they do the world title match the next week. Or, uh, yeah, all out. I like the idea of a all in being a, a, a big super show, but having a hot angle in front of a a, a mm. Wembley crowd sounds mm. good. Like think mm. think of back in the day, the day after WrestleMania, you used to have a lot of UK yeah. fans who had flown in, mm. and so you'd have a, this atmosphere. Maybe to do the MJF Adam Cole whether it's MJF turns or Cole turns or whatever it is in front of that audience, that's going to be yeah. potentially your hottest audience all year. That's going to be big. And that gives them a few, you know, you've still got a month to go. So you can get another month out of this um, combination before doing the, the turn. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. okay so that, thinking... does, that does mean we're not getting a world title match. That's but, okay. That's Okay. But I mean, that means we need a main event. But keep it, keep in mind who, keep in mind who's booking this show. Not us, I mean. I mean Tony Khan. Yeah. SummerSlam '92 wasn't. Uh, ah, it wasn't about the world title. It was wasn't about, about the world title. Intercontinental title. Mm. Um, but that means we need a big main event. Yeah. Well, I'm going to spoil uh, match number one. MJF Adam Cole versus brackets, FTR. Brackets. Brackets. C. C. Yeah. MJF Adam Cole versus FTR. Let me let me say this quickly. Okay, so that's that's match number one, and then we can we can figure out the run the run order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that's that's kind of your main event in the sense of your world champions in it. But yeah, do we want to have a big showcase, a big showcase main event? Well, how realistic are we being? Are we being very realistic, or could I book Kenny Omega versus CM Punk? <laughs> <laughs> Because that would be, if you're not going to have a world title match, I think you need something like uh, an Omega yeah. type match. But I don't yeah. know. If we're being realistic, it's, then you can't. No, it seems like Punk is going in a direction with Starks at the moment, right? That's that's the current thing. And also, one thing I've noticed that we didn't really, haven't talked about is, you know, you saw your poster on the bus mm. the other day. It's like, yeah, thinking about it, you can't have Punk and Omega in the same locker room. You can't even have them on the same poster lately, it seems like. Because <laughs> yeah. there's like the Elite poster, and then there's the CM Punk and all his friends poster. Yeah. Why isn't there a poster with everyone on it? What's the yeah. legalities behind having the Young Bucks and CM Punk on the same poster? Why haven't maybe, they done that? Maybe they're worried about having... If they put them both next to each other on the poster, it maybe implies that there's a chance that that could be the match, which I know sounds yeah. crazy, but uh, that's my that's my kind of thought. But it is a weird choice looking at this poster. You've got Punk, FTR, Samoa Joe, Puck, and Statland. <laughs> it's quite an odd uh, selection. You know, mm. one British one British person on there, and then a bunch of colliders. Um, strange, very strange. But anyway, I do, so do you think, in terms of our main event, what are you thinking? If we're going for like a big marquee main event that's not the world title, it has I'm, to be punk, right? Well, I mean, I, 
or Omega, Punk or Omega. Have to be yeah, well, I have an Omega match in mind. Okay. And it's it's the rubber match. Okay. It's the rubber match with Osprey. I'm I'm very much on board with that because they've done they've done Japan. They've done uh, Canada. They've done yeah, Japan, which is the neutral territory and where they've both been big stars. They've done Canada, which is Omega's home turf. Now UK, which is Osprey's home turf. It would be yes, the perfect yes, right. trilogy finale, and it's the big, sh- the biggest of those shows as well. It's kind of getting. Yeah, I mean, that, that's been that's been your biggest match of the year in Japan and in. I don't say America because obviously you have North. the WWE in, in in North America, but certainly from a AW fan uh, perspective, mm. that's that's been your biggest match. Why not have that in your biggest show of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are we happy with that then, Osprey Omega? I'm happy with Osprey that. Three for the uh, IWGP US. Okay, that's allowing that Osprey will be. Uh, free and healthy to do the show. Okay, let's let, let's have a look at CM Punk then. We obviously need to have a CM Punk match. Is it as simple as CM Punk Ricky Starks for for the uh, AEW Collision World Championship? <laughs> Which I, I I tell you what, the fact that they're they're still talking about as recently as this collision, CM Punk's magic belt in his bag. I I, I wonder if they're eventually going to legitimately do split world titles i hope not no i think that would be a dreadful idea to add another title i think i think it would be as well but why the constant talk about what's in cm punk's bag and well i thought that was going towards punk mjf like they were going to do that again and maybe put the title back on punk but then you don't really get a sense of that at this point with with four weeks left before the two pay-per-views. But then, you know, they are in Chicago the week after. So do you do... Does Punk win at uh, All In and then go on to wrestle All Out for the title in Chicago? Hmm. Possibly. But then what happens to them, Jeff and Cole? I don't know. But anyway, I think, to me, Punk and Starks just does not feel like a... a we're talking about a WrestleMania worthy match, right? I know it's I know it's All In, but it's, it's AEW's yeah. WrestleMania. What feels like a WrestleMania match, Starks and Punk? I don't feel that. No. I don't feel that's big enough. That feels like the opening match, I would say. That feels like a, a buy-in match. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't no, even no. watch it. <laughs> Skip the buy-in. <laughs> um, it feels like a good match, but I, you know, Starks is—they haven't like built him up to be at that. It's not like he's at that level. And he's kind of done this heart. We'll talk about collision later, but he's kind of done this hot heel turn, which is not really taking because people don't like punk still. <laughs> half the audience doesn't like punk and yeah. they half of them do like Ricky. So, it, you know, it's not exactly corporate rock, is it? <laughs> it's kind of gone off half cocked. Um, so what would be the alternative? A big, the biggest match for punk that we could think of. Could you do Moxley. We've already done that quite a bit. Cabana. Well, I would, I would love to see that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think with Punk, okay. First of all, I think you need to work within the parameters of. It's basically going to need to be somebody who's who's worked on a collision. Um, I mean, even from storyline point of view, unless you're throwing the storylines out and saying yeah. Stark Punk will be at All Out and CM Punk will instead have some showcase match at at All In. Um, 
maybe you could do something with like Punk Darby because they, they had that occasion. Punk Darby and Sting as a little trio again. Oh, yeah. Or oh, I think uh, Punk versus Darby. Punk versus Darby. Again. Punk versus Sting. That match would no. be the drizzling shits. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could pull it off, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. I, I, I think as a trio, you could do something there. And who would you put them with, though? Punk, yeah. Uh, Starks Jeff, and Jeff Jarrett. No, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Sat Jay down Lethal. and Jay Lethal, yeah. I, d- I think Punk in a trio is, again, it's, it doesn't scream like WrestleMania yeah, match to me. It screams like collision main event. But I am struggling to think, like, who else... It's, it's like, could they do Joe? Maybe Joe again? Do a big Punk versus Joe match? Punk Joe 4? Mm. And I feel like after the third one... What's the like, need well, we've, for another We've done that match now. It would, I'm sure they could have a much better match in the fourth one, but... Well, you, no, no. I'll tell you what. You still had, after the match, Joe choked him out. There's still yeah. business there. Yeah. I think you could do Punk, Punk Joe. Okay. Punk Joe and, and CM Punk wears... The basketball shorts with the Union Jack on it. Bleaches his hair. Well, he doesn't have much hair to bleach. To oh, yeah. Well, bleach whatever he's got left. Bleach his pubes. Grow it out in the next few weeks. Um, I'll go with Punk Joe, but that's not a main event. That's more of a semi-main. No, that, that, in that yeah. case, Omega Osprey is going to be the main event. Punk Joe feels like more of a, a solid pick than Punk Starks, I want to say. Um, okay, so, you, yeah, we, we've, we've played our MJF, Omega, and Punk cards in that case. And yeah, this, 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 as I said, isn't predictions, but I feel like it's, it's almost becoming half predicting and half fancy because we are working within. Yeah. Real, uh, reality. Like, uh, one we don't have. And I think that if it's, uh, if it's possible, it's, it's kind of a layout is you have, uh, Tony storm, Jamie hater. Yeah, if Jamie, let's assume Jamie Hater will be back. We don't know, but um, fingers crossed she will be. And I think Storm Hater is the the one to go for. Uh, Tony Storm, Jamie Hater. Because I, I, even though she wouldn't be quite as big a name on paper as the other ones, mm. I think in in the UK, uh, she's gonna be a big deal. And mm. her winning, her winning the title. Would be, I guess, the closest to a uh, a bulldog on Brett. Yeah, um, but then that begs the question: What about Soraya? Because I think she has to be on the. She has to have a match on the. Uh, Joe, it's twenty twenty three. We can have more than one women's match. What? We can do the rest could of the you, card is women's matches. Could you, could you just fax Tony Khan and let him know, please? <laughs> um, I know we can have a second match, but I'm saying who, if she's not there with Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, could, is it her versus Brit? Is it a tag match? Her and Ruby versus Brit and someone else? Or Statlander? Well, the is, 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 is entrenched as, as, as a heel. So you're going to need to have a baby face who's kind of popular, like Statlander, someone who's popular enough to counteract. I don't know if that would work, though. I feel like it. I think like they'll be with the crowd will be behind Soraya, and it doesn't really matter because they're going to cheer who they're going to cheer. I think Brit Brit would be good because Brit could play heel. She's quite good at, at doing that anyway. So, and that was Soraya's first match back was against Brit as well. Yeah, I wonder if you do Brit Soraya maybe in like a a lights out type match, like because Brit had a lot of 
success with those with Thunder Rosa. Mm. So maybe it's it's those two in a more of a gimmick match, or you make it more like a multi tag match to get kind of more of the women in there. Yeah. Would, do, do we do a Soraya and uh, Ruby? Soraya and Ruby. Yeah. And who would you put against? I think Statlander and uh, then you don't have Jade. It could be Britain Jade Cargill. Well, Stat- then you want to get Statlander. And- well, Jade's not been around for a while. Well, I think I feel like they'll have Jade at Wembley. You not that so. not that we're trying to predict again, but I, again, I think she should be there just because she's the big star. Needs to be on that platform. Maybe you could have I could have a three way, but then that means Tony Storms in the title match. So. <laughs> It's getting a bit complicated. What about Soraya, Ruby, and well, you can't have and Jade because I mean, you no, can, I would you put can. Jade on the homegrown kind of side. So maybe have her be like the surprise third person to like Brit, Chris. Then will she want to ch- team with yeah. Statlander? Because you know they're at odds. Actually, the better match would be Britt Baker, Jamie Hater, and Statlander versus the three uh, outcasts. But then that affects the. Yeah, you, you want to have Jade win the title if she's available, don't you? Surely. I think you don't have the world, you know, world title match. It'll be. Uh, then maybe Statlander. Do you, you could do Statlander Jade for rematch? And then have the Outcast versus the. Yeah, but you want Hater um, to win the title, though. That's the shit. Point. All right. Fucking ass is harder than it looks, isn't it? No wonder Tony. <laughs> we never complain about. All right, again. Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. That's locked in. We'll, okay. we'll just we'll, we'll forget that. And then but I still think Soraya definitely needs a match. Yeah. You know, I think Soraya and Pack are the only Brits. That I th- I'm like, well, you've got. To I, get th- I think. I think with with the women, you're gonna have the title match, world title match. I think you can do like a six woman tag for the other one, and get eight of them on the show. Oh, do yeah. Fair enough. So Statlander. Brit. Brit. And question mark. I think Jade. And Jade. And I think I know there's a bravery. Yeah, I think you, you yeah, I think you can you can bring in Jade as the uh the all conquering uh who are these you know the these 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 WWE women to take over my territory. But then actually what happens is she comes in and she 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 turns on on Statlander at the end. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 that works. So, so you have Soraya, Ruby, and who else we have to do side? Anna, or so we need another heel to to go with them. Um, Athena. Yeah, Athena. It, it doesn't need to be necessarily and someone to join the outcast just to be a heel in this match. You know, then we, don't have, then we don't have Willow. Shit. Let's do Soraya, uh, Athena, and Ruby against Brit. Willow and Stanley. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Jade is is possibly not going to be back. Oh, hang, oh, hang on. Here's another idea. I think that match is fine. We'll lock that one in. That's a good match. We've got to find a way to get a bunch of people on the show, right? Who wanted to be on there? So we're going to have battle royals. Okay, we're going to oh, have a men's battle. No. We're going to have a men's casino battle royale and a women's casino battle royale on the for, for, for tile matches at all. Act. Yeah, for title matches the next week. Good booking. So, do you want to do this six woman tag then, or or do you want to do a battle royal instead? I think I think I think you could have both. Okay, so we'll have. Those are, that's the buy in. The buy in of the two battle royals, right? Just to get everyone on the show. 
Okay, well, I'm going to put them as as not part of our ten matches. Then that's going to be yeah. Those are those are pre-show. We're not going to book them. It will just be any men and women that are left over. Yeah, Jade wins the women's one and the men's one. I don't know, Hook or something, whatever. Miro, okay, someone, someone wins those. We'll see right, who's two, left. Two battle royals. Okay, so our matches: Soraya, Ruby, and Athena against Chris, Britt, and Willow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a, a six woman showcase match special showcase match as the uh, only problem is we've got oh, maybe maybe we'll skip the battle royal right fuck the battle royal we're just going to do a men's battle royal because we've got all half the women in the <laughs> in the two matches so the only women left for the battle royal are, are the, the lower card well it doesn't matter we, we do, don't worry with the pre-show we can just have battle okay, royals right. and women women's matches and who gives a shit right we're not we're not no. doing it we're not booking the pre-show pre-show is uh Danielson is booking. <laughs> Don't okay. right. Right, we've got five more matches. Okay. Uh, young right. We haven't got a Young Bucks match. We haven't got a BCC match. Yeah. We haven't got Hangman. Uh Orange Cassidy. I think Orange is one. Orange Cassidy versus Miro for the international title. What do you I think like about it. that? I like it. I think it would be a great match. I think it would be and obviously Miro would win. End the title reign. Conqueror. People fucking yeah. love him. I'm, I'm on board with it. I'm on board. They're, they're, I, I, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the TV later, but I really liked what they did with Miro this week. Okay, Orange, Orange and Miro, I'll rubber stamp that. No issue with that at all. Okay, let's just quickly think about the other titles. We don't have a TNT title match. Um, so we we, who's the TNT? Oh, yeah. Christian slash Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, Christian. And so Darby has got the title shot on all... Out. Out. So maybe we can leave leave them off the show. Oh, I don't know. Well, I think you could have a Derby Sting match. Oh, we maybe need have, to. We need yeah. to have Sting. Sting maybe, have a Derby, maybe have a Derby Sting tag match instead of a Derby singles. Well, it's going to need to be Derby Sting versus Luchasaurus and Christian then, I'm thinking. Uh, Who else? Um, you, okay, okay, let's just say hypothetically. Derby and Sting. Who are you yeah. having them against? Young Bucks. Young Bizzles. I don't, that's an option. That would be a cool. That would be a cool match. Does that not sound like? I know there's no reason for it to happen, but does it not sound fun? Interesting. I would. I would like to see it. No reason for it, but Fuck could it. happen. I mean, who else could the Bucks work with? The acclaimed. I mean, no. The acclaimed come out between matches and don't actually have a match. Yeah, they just come out and rap, do raps. They could do the John Barnes rap. Um, yeah, just for the. Wembley crowd. Okay, I'm just going to write down some names that we haven't put into a slot yet, necessarily. Okay. So, Darby, Sting, Young Bucks, BCC, Jericho, Page, Jericho. Okay, well. Uh, uh, is this Hook and Jungle Boy? Do we, yeah. do we want to do that rematch? Because I think Jeffrey. they, I think he'll do the rematch at that show, or, or maybe at all out. But I think that's there. Uh, Jay White match, Jay White and or Bullet Club Gold. Bullet Club Gold, yeah. Um. Oh, they've got Andrade and the House of Black. I think that will. You could do an Andrade. You could do a six six man. Six-man ladder match, right? How about this? Six-man ladder match with the mask hanging above the ring. 
they're doing that on Collision next week. Are they? they well, it's it's Andrade against Buddy Matthews in a ladder match for the mask. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I would have saved that for the pay per view, but shit. I think you can. St- I, st- I think we still need to. It's House of Black versus Team Andrade. Yeah. Whoever he he has with him. A couple of those lads, you know, Bruce or Commander or Gravity or I don't know. Whoever his mates with. Again, you know, if I was booking what, what it would be, mm. it would be it would be all the beefy boys. It'd be like Andrade, Miro, and Hobbs. <laughs> they would just suddenly be a big meaty team. Big meaty. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more likely to be something like Andrade, Roosh, and Jalistico, or so, you know, something yeah. like that. Uh, Against House of Black, I think we can we can put that in. I think that's. Uh, AW Trios titles. Okay, so I'm going to say Hook Jack Perry. Yeah. We don't We don't put that on. No, you want to do that on all out? See that, that all out. So what about Pac? I think he needs a, a good singles match. Yeah, Pac. Who's left? You got to Jericho, to Keshta. I, I would, I, I'll throw out a name because Pac obviously turned on uh the BCC in the in the blood and guts. And oh, yeah, who is who, who's the de facto head of the BCC at the moment in, in Danielson's absence? Mm-hmm. I'll say Pac Mox might be a fun Ooh, match. Okay. You reckon? Yeah 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 I'm up for that. Because I think you can then have I don't think you necessarily have to have all the BCC lads have matches per se. No. Um well it's only Uta and Cast Danielson's out assuming Claudio, Claudio. Uh, do, do you need a Claudio? He can be in the no. Battle Royal. Pack against Moxley would be a nice... Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Scrap. I'm up for that one. And that's like... A, I think that's a good attraction match as well. That feels like it would be... Yeah, yeah, Quite yeah. a good match, eh? Um, Ooh, do, do you do Jericho versus the JAS? Like, do you do Jericho and Takeshita versus... Sammy and Daddy Garcia. Magic. No, I was thinking, Sam, yeah, Guevara and Garcia, maybe. Okay, just just before we got, we have two spots left, right? Okay. We don't have Darby, Sting, Young Bucks, Hangman, Jericho, Bullet Club, or Takeshita yet. Hmm. I was going to throw out as an idea, Young Bucks against Jay White and Juice Rounds. Yeah. Then we've only got one slot left to get in. Mate, can we not have 11 matches? We're, we're throwing in match 11. We're going five hours. For, okay. for, for a show of this magnitude. Three I think. more slots. Three more slots. That's okay. It, okay. So who does, who does Sting and Darby wrestle? How about Darby versus Sting? See, I do like that. I would do Sting-Darby re- like retirement match. Yeah, but I think Sting has said that he, he's not planning it. But maybe uh, that's a, a red herring. Yeah, fuck him. Um, or you're not his. That might be his last match. But like, he has to retire if he loses that match by the end of the year. That kind of stipulation, right, right, like right, right, right. this. Yeah, basically his career on the line, not his final match, kind of thing. So yeah, Sting Derby. That'd be that'd be. Fuck it, do it. Book it. Book it, Dano. Okay. Sting versus Derby. 
And then we can put most of those people in a, like a four-way tag match, I think. Bucks, Bullet Club Gold. Uh, who else was there? Jericho. Yeah, maybe they could. I still think Jericho makes sense to put him in a JAS. Like, yeah. like he dumps them and they're like, well, what about us? We've been following you, doing whatever you said for the last two years. And now you're just going to throw us, you know, into the trash. And, yeah. You know, so you book Jericho. Jericho and Takeshita versus JAS. I don't know who exactly. Maybe it could be. Well, you have to, you have, to have Garcia dancing. I think Garcia and Guevara makes sense with maybe with Hager in the corner as the kind of backup. Yeah, something like that. Um, and all we're missing is is Hanger. Okay. Do, do you want to throw Hanger into the pack, Moxley, make it a three-way? Moxley, BCC, Hanger from the mm. Elite and Day of History and Pack as a kind of tweener. I, just think, uh, I, I think just because we did Hangman Moxley, that's where BCC the feud started. Yeah. So I kind of, I think... Tie, tie it up with a ribbon. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced with that one. Okay, I think well, it hang- must be. Well, you, you're, you're the one going to hang her and tell them, brother, you're not, you're not, you didn't make no, it. We've got, one more, we've got one more slot. No, we've, we've, used up, we've used up 11. What, you want to have, sorry, you want to have Young Bucks, Bullet Club, Jericho Tekesha and JS as one match, is it? No, no, no. Who? No, I think we could add more... Or maybe change the Bucks match, either make it a six man or like a a fatal fatal four way tag match or something like that. Okay. With whoever's left. Okay, then you then we have one more hangman, I guess. Versus Goldberg. <laughs> yeah! Goldberg. Goldberg. I mean, this is the thing, right? We haven't gone to the well yet of apart from Osprey of getting someone big in just for the show. Well, yeah. I mean, I would consider like Mercedes Monet. If we could just completely have a couple she, of, she a couple of cheats. Ah, oh, only a sprained ankle. She'll be fine in a month. Come on. Well, if she's fine, she can take the, uh, the Willow spot or the Athena spot on the heel side, whatever direction you want to go with that. <laughs> Let's do hang. Let's do hangman. Hangman versus uh, Nick Wayne. Yeah. Or Ricky. You know we haven't got Ricky, have we? No, we don't have Ricky. Could do hangman, but yeah, hangman versus Ricky. Okay. Yeah. Hangman versus okay. Ricky Stocks. All right, there's our card. Fuck yeah. Uh, what's going on last? Osprey Omega. Yeah, it's got. It's got to be. Or FTR MGF Adam Cole. No, 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 no. That's like third from the top. Okay. I'll save that. Okay. And we can come back to it after the show. After the show at least is announced and we can see. Should we put that card into chat GPT and ask it to do a Dave Meltzer uh, star rating <laughs> for each match and then compare it to what actually happens and see who's got the better show? I think we will win. But anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that later and I'll... Uh... <laughs> I'll share the results. <laughs> uh, okay. There's our little uh, Bookham Cano. So we've booked, was, uh, we've booked the show. Bookham Cano. Uh, yeah. On to a bit of wrestling. Um, what did you make of the Blood and Guts show? Uh, I thought it was very good. Um, 
I thought the show kind of whizzed by. It, I mean, they typically do when one match takes up more than half of the runtime. Mm. Uh, but I thought it was fairly enjoyable. Um, Try to find a. Starting with the Jungle Boy, Jack Perry versus Hook. Jungle Boy and Hook. Uh, so the first thing is we had, um, you know, we, we often talk about people uh, arriving in limos. So we actually yeah. saw Jack Perry get into a limo here. <laughs> it was reversed. So he kind of very uh, not metaphorically. Uh, buried the Jungle Boy persona once and for all. Mm. He um, he came out to some some lovely Beethoven, which I quite <laughs> enjoyed. I quite enjoyed because it's so it's so the opposite of what his old theme song was. Yeah, it's like my my natural inclination is well that doesn't work as a wrestling theme song, and it's like that's kind of why it works. Yeah. Is because it's that's kind of what that's what they're going for. It's so oh, okay. not. It's the opposite of whoa, 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 fun little, you know. It's very pretentious, kind of mo- movie bad guys who always listen to classical music. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit American Psycho. I like that he didn't keep the boots. He like totally changed the look as well, mm-hmm. which is good. Was um, good. and yeah, I liked him. Uh, I liked him winning the belt as well. Uh, yeah, hook his first yeah. defeat. Yeah, that's a shame. I'm sad to see that, but I think it was good circumstances. And probably hook, Hook's best match, his first kind of proper, proper match. I would say yeah. that was on a, a kind of squash or a tag match. It, so was, good. it was. It was. I very just, good. I just. I just hope Hook. This leads to bigger things for Hook as well, not just Jungle Boy, because I think he he kind of needs that little little push. Yeah, I, I like that. It's a proper. It's almost like Hook's first proper storyline since he he joins. Obviously, done the little things with Hookhausen and teaming yeah. with Joey uh, Boy before. But this is like proper proper feud. Mm. Um, albeit, it's only been Hook kind of chasing him repeatedly. Now we can have the angle of you know, well, they had the match and Perry beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see him with the with the FTW title over shoulder, smoking a big fat cigar. Women on each arm, you know, like do, do a little, a little Ric Flair, a little Ric Flair mm. stuff, maybe for because uh, <laughs> look, he, his character now should be uh, very pretentious, rich mm. actor's son. You know, why, why, why don't we do a like a Donald Trump Jr. type, yeah, idiot who's only there because his dad was in Beverly Hills 90210, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, really go all in on that. Um, we had uh, Alex Marvez spying, dare I say, mm. on two people just having dinner. I, I don't think that should be allowed. Well, he's a journalist. You know, they're like... Yeah, annoying. Going, going through the bins, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then we had MGF and Adam Cole at a... At a Bay Adam Cole Bay Bay at a, at a restaurant. Uh, having spicy a foods. Succulent Chinese meal. Um, this was a bit silly, but you know, it's fine. I don't mind. I'll, I'll allow it, it. I was entertained. It was, yeah. And that's what matters. They entertained me and they got drunk. <laughs> I like Adam Cole doing his spicy food for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was fine. Then came the match itself, which I'll be honest, of all the matches on this show, 
one of them I rewatched twice. Oh, and it was wasn't it Britt Baker against whoever that woman was. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't the opener, and it wasn't Blood and Guts. <laughs> it was the second match because it was so entertaining. Uh, I couldn't wait to rewatch it. So uh, they, they started with a little dance off. They had the dance off. They had the MJF done in a dream match. Really, when you think about it. Uh, the dance off that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole, oh baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe a little. I'm not sure that was kind of quite right for Adam Cole because I think he looked like a complete geek, like Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> kind of level. So I'm not sure you want your world virtual world champion <laughs> to look like, but it was you kind of funny in the moment. No, it was very, very, very funny. Um, um, good thing they, it wasn't an official dance off because they would have lost and been out of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the match itself, very entertaining, very well structured. The the build up to the double clothesline, I popped, yeah. I popped big. Uh, the tope, and then he built and built and built and built to the tope as well. He hit one of the best topes I've ever seen. It was brilliant. It was brilliant, and uh, I loved I loved teasing Guevara and Garcia doing the double clothesline, and then MJF rolling through and leaping over to do the hot tag. It was like, oh yeah, here we go. This is this is wrestling. That was great. Yeah. Uh, and then they hit and won with the double clothesline. <laughs> yeah, which was fantastic. What a, what a powerful finisher. Really, really enjoying these two, the brochachos. Um, yeah, very, very good. And, uh, and Jericho was out in commentary, and he went to kind of console his uh, JS teammates, and they kind of brushed him off and, and walked on by, yeah, yeah, leading yeah. to the match at, at All In, which we booked. Which we booked, yeah, very, very skillfully. Um, I like on Collision when FTR Bald was say, talking about uh, Colin and MJF. He was like, we don't like the skits and we don't like the dancing and the crowd are reacting like, well, we do actually like all of that stuff. Sorry, sorry, FTR. It. it was actually brilliant. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah. Um, another great and match. then we had Blood, Blood and Guts, which, uh, which I enjoyed. Um, they still had to get out and go on top and okay they didn't do a big spot off the top mm. uh, this year but I I I used to be when uh, I used to watch Hell and Cell matches I used to get so annoyed that they never went to the top of it because mm. in, in the early best matches they did Shawn Michaels Undertaker Undertaker Mankind Armageddon 2006 man there's always you, you, you would look forward to Hell and Cell because there'd be some mad spot and then from like 2003 to 2015, I felt like, I don't know when, mm-hmm. when they did, they just never went on top of the cage again. And I used to hate it. And now I've come full circle with, with blood and guts where it's like, okay, let's have a year where we just don't leave the cage. Yeah. And they, can, they, they can't help. It really themselves. annoys me. It really annoys me. I didn't, I didn't like the match, but I've not liked I, any I, of these. I, I've yeah. not liked any of these. And it's because I thought they were going to do war games. I thought they were going to do the traditional war games because they was they stuck by all the rules, all the traditional rules. They were like, I was like, yes, it's coming back, and then it's an hour long for for, for starters. That's just pisses me off. It's way too long for that kind of match. I, think. I agree that it's way too long. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. War games is a sprint. All the best kind of early war games were like 23, 25 minutes long. They're actually quite short matches. 
because uh, that's why they're so kind of violent and, and compelling and, and tense because they're quite short. You know, you can't keep going on like that for 45 minutes, but, you know, they want to do the long TV match, so far, whatever. And yeah, they're leaving the cage. It just feels like, I tell you what really annoyed me this time. There's a point where, so Wheeler Yuta had left the cage and was like on the stage. I can't remember why. I think he attacked someone. Yeah. And then Nick Jackson, like, it might be Matt. No, it's Matt Jackson. Wasn't it? The it was Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson. He just, like, so the match starts, the match beyond or whatever they call it, starts. He just goes out the cage and goes to get Wheeler Yuta. And it's like, why do you have the cage if he's just popping in and out every five minutes? You know what right. I mean? It's pointless. And so then later on, when Pac does the spot with the bowl cutters to get out of the cage, it was like, well, he could have just walked out. You know, that's what they all they all do. So it just makes no sense. And to me, they also don't they don't really use the cage as a weapon that much. Like they're not kind of smashing, you know, people's faces into the cage, etc., or like climbing up and jumping off of within the cage. So it's like, what is the point of the cage? It's essentially like an anarchy in the arena match. I don't, I, there was no point to the cage. Yeah. I just, anyway, but everyone else seems to like it. So fine. I'm wrong. Whatever. <laughs> I did like it. I do agree. However, with, with a lot of your points, I feel like it is way too long. Um, I think the fact that, um, the match doesn't begin officially until all 10 people or whatever it is are, have, have joined. I, I think that makes them feel like it has to go 30 minutes from that point rather than the reality being the match starts with two people and ends. You, know, yeah. you, you can go seven minutes after everyone's joined. You've already had 25 minutes exactly. of a match to that point. Exactly. So a lot of it feels like wheel spinning and oh, well, we got to wait till everyone gets in then we can kind of do the match. Um, I think there was there was a little bit of, of, of cage weapon use, but I feel like, yeah, you, you could have more. I've always loved the old cheese grater forehead on the cage yeah, deals. Yeah. Uh, always looks great, especially if they're bleeding already. It always looks great. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would prefer less gimmicky, like you always have to have the thumbtacks now oh, and the glass. Oh, no. That feels like tacky shit it's, that's what it is it, it, in a sense it feels like it takes away from the violence of the match itself yeah and they want it to be violent and so they overcompensate by doing these things I will say though maybe not in the context of this match but I did mm. love the use of the bed of nails as a weapon Um, that might have been better for Anarchy in the Arena though because that feels more appropriate to that kind of match mm. but generally speaking I love that as a weapon I think it's a great visual uh, for what is maybe not as dangerous as it seems from the point of view of doing stuff with it. Like that, that to me is one of the perfect magic trick weapons, you know, mm. a bed of nails, Ugh, nails are going into his back. It look, like it sounds <laughs> and looks horrible, but it's like, once you know how the bed of nails trick works, it's, yeah. it's a little, a little easier. Um, but yeah, it just feels like there's so much extra. And then the crowd are chanting for tables while there's like bed of nails in the ring. It's exactly. Like, and that's the problem. Yeah, people's table. obsession with t- tables suck. I tables hate are tables. boring. They are. <laughs> oh, God. And that's the thing. When you introduce the weapons, it just, people just go, oh, give us another weapon then. We've yeah. seen a weapon. Have another weapon. Yeah. Oh, anyway. do, you know what, do you know what would, would be better is, I, I think the closest gimmicky weapon that I kind of think fits the type of match is when they do the, the boot with the thumbtacks on it. 
Yeah. So I feel like this kind of match is, is, is where you have people wrap the fists and, and even if they had like gloves with tacks on them or something, I feel like that fits the war games gimmick a bit more because mm. it's the people fighting. They're not holding weapons. They're not using weapons yeah. that are external. They come in prepared like something like the warriors, you know, that kind of movie you're coming in for, for a fight. You've got, uh, a metal plate tied to your forearm mm. or something, you know, like that would all work for me in context match. But when it's, they, they go to the side of the ring, they pull a weapon out, they pull the bag out. Like mm. that feels a little bit goofy. Cause it's all, it, it all feels too pre pre prepared and not, yeah. you know, it, it, it shouldn't from a, from a real sporting point of view, someone should check under the ring that there's not people hidden weapons. Yeah. Out there. But, yeah, if, you, um, if you sneak a weapon in in your pocket or someone throws it through the cage or something, it's like, oh, okay, you're circumvented the rules and you've got the weapon in there. When it's just like, oh, here's a weapon. Here's a buffet of weapons, please. Make your... yeah. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, and that led to the ramp. Did you watch Rampage again? I did. <laughs> I can't stop. It, it, it's the same story every week. I said, "Oh, let's not bother watching." I think. I think what really is going to sway the uh, the needle one way or the other, Joe, is the moment the Premier League comes back. Yeah, Rampage is is dead ski because yeah. it, it's it's sitting around, especially with the weather we've been having lately. It's sitting around on a Saturday, now to do, waiting for a collision. Uh, will we stick on Rampage? Yeah, I'm sticking on half pay attention. Once you have the football, there's Rampage is, you know, the use for it is going to be completely gone. Mm. But yes, I watched Rampage and we had a battle. Uh, Royal, Royal Rampage. Royal. Royal. Yeah, but since they call it the Royal Rampage, but it's a battle royale. Funny, yeah. Uh, about Royal, about Royal Rampage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't think this was very good. It was uh, fine. But you know what the biggest problem was? They had like um, one or two surprise entries. They had like Minoru Suzuki. But they announced on Dynamite, they showed the full field and he was on the picture that they showed. Why don't keep that as a secret and have his like surprises in the Royal Rampage? I mean, yeah. it's Rampage, so who gives a shit is the answer. But it was just, it was just a match, wasn't it? And And... Yeah, not I, what wasn't clear for me, and this is probably my fault because obviously they've they've done Royal Rampages in the past, and I should probably know this, but it wasn't clear for me how the rules worked in terms of who was in which ring. Because mm-hmm. um, I, initially I had in my head for some reason that it was like, you have the red ring and the blue ring, and then once the person who wins the red ring won, then they face the winner of the blue ring one in a match or something. I don't. I didn't remember what the rules were. Mm. But then Nick Wayne was just going from one to the other, and I didn't know yeah. what was happening. Yeah, uh, it's not good. Uh, not good. It, it, you know, it's about battle royal. Battle royals are only ultimately is. They do too. As good as they are. I did I know like I want finish. to book one. I know I want to book one at all. Then, yeah, but, two. <laughs> but they do too many. It's the problem. Yeah. Uh, again, swerve, swerve at the end. This time with Derby, where it previously was Orange. Um, that was that stuff was all good. No, I like the finish where uh, Strickland went over the top, and then Derby speared him through the ropes, so Derby mm. wasn't uh, eliminated. That was great, actually. I've never seen that before, even though it makes complete sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've never seen that in a in a Royal Rumble, but a Royal. Really, really good. Um, 
we had the acclaimed and uh, Father Bottom uh, defeated QTV uh, in a absolutely nothing match. Yep. Um, and then in the main event, Chris Statlander defeated uh, Marina Shafir. Yeah, in five minutes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Collision. This was one of the more understated collisions they've done, but I there was a lot they did in it that I liked, mm-hmm. which made it, I think, nevertheless, structurally very strong. Uh, one thing that AW doesn't do a lot, if ever, is open the show with a promo, set up a tag team main event, and then do the match. That's like a, obviously a WWE staple of the years, but in AW it felt like novel because it almost never happens. It felt yeah. like... It felt like watching an old like 2000s SmackDown where Steve yeah. Austin and The Rock are going up against Val Venus and uh, you <laughs> know and, and yeah and it's just like oh, it's just it's just it's just a, a, a show long storyline yeah where where you know you have the, the the tag team matches made and then you have to, yeah. like it, the fact that WWE do it all the time makes it very predictable and kind of rote and mm. kind of roll your eyes at it because AEW never do it. The fact that they did it here, I was kind of like, oh, this is fun. It's like I got a new lease of life. We opened with um, Tony Schiavone welcoming out, out uh, Ricky Starks to uh, Cody Rhodes' pyro, it seemed like. It just went on forever. Um, and CM Punk came out then to no music. The absolute opposite. Yeah, because oh, he's the humble baby face, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 music. yeah. Uh, yeah, Punk came out and was like, I'm not mad at you, Ricky Starks. I was like, why not? <laughs> that's, bo- that's quite boring. Why aren't you mad at him? You should come out and kick the shit out of him. That'd be yeah. interesting. So, yeah, said it was a bit boring. Um, I like Ricky's promo. That's fine, but... I think I mentioned last week, I feel like Punk, he's not quite that. He's just like a part of the furniture already or he's just like another wrestler. But I feel mm. like with the way that he's been handling his character, as you say, he's just very... It's, it's like the blandest feeling CM Punk we've mm. maybe ever got as, as a character. Um, he just comes out to no music. He says, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not mad at you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't say he's coasting on his name value, but if this was anyone else, if this was Christian as a baby face, yeah. I would be complaining about it like I did. Chris Jericho. This is a Chris Jericho run. I don't know what it is. It's very strange because he's he seems like he's almost holding back. Uh, I don't know by virtue of thinking that if he says something wrong, that he might get in trouble mm. again. But like it's the char- the character work is very odd. I, I don't know if it's like a, dis- a deliberate decision to do something different, but he feels like overly uh, passive, mm. and it's very strange. I don't know what to make of it. Um, and then, yeah, anyway, so he, he came out, Darby came out eventually, Christian and Luchasaurus had, had come out, um, as well. And, uh, and they made a, a tag team match for the main event. And Tony Schiavone didn't know what the match was and announced it as Luchasaurus, even though it was Christian and they had mm. the graphic made and ready. <laughs> um, very weird. Uh, they also showed a video of earlier tonight, Andrade El Idolo. Uh, showing up and being immediately kicked out of the building. 
That was a, a yeah. good uh, a good uh, travel expense there for Tony Khan, having him fly out to the show and then immediately him find out he's not allowed in. I think they filmed that last week. I don't know. Maybe. Very possibly. <laughs> I like the idea though that he wasn't he was banned, but he turned up anyway. <laughs> he didn't so, get the memo. He didn't know. Time to go home. Yeah. Um, we had Jay White and Juice Robinson against Action Andretti and Darius Martin. Uh, 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 I tell you what I would have done here is swap out Jay White and Juice Robinson and have the guns beat them instead. Hmm. Because what does what does Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson get out of? They just had the the, the blow away match of the year with FTR, hmm. and now they're back to action and ready and won a top flight. Like, what do, what do they get out of winning that? It's not like they get their heat back and their win back. They're already hotter than ever by virtue of having the match. They don't need to then get their heat back, get a win back. I feel like this is actually worse for them, having a pointless match with two utter geeks. Mm. I, did, I didn't get the point of it. Yeah. Uh, I think the guns could have used a win. We haven't had enough focus on them as, since they joined Bullet Club Gold. Maybe give them a, a little a little run in. Yeah, they haven't done they haven't done anything. Um what happened to CM Punk Jay White? That seemed like a good potential feud, but that's 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 disappeared. Anyway. Mm. Uh yeah, this show. Anyway, here's my yeah, little yeah. high my little highlight of the week on collision. Miro's match. Again, not announced against anyone. It's against Big Nick Camarado, who attacks him during his entrance. I liked it a lot. I liked that Miro showed a little bit of vulnerability, showed a little bit of being beaten up by a big hoss. Um, he did ultimately get the win in the end, but I liked that it was a different showcase for Miro. Like They could have easily just had Miro against uh, Johnny blah, 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 from, you know, from uh, the great state of Alabama. And he just beats him up in a minute and does the same thing they've been doing for weeks. At least this was this something different and was a different way of doing it and, and kind of got Camarado over to an extent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're in agreement that it's time to do something with Miro. Enough of these matches. We know he exists. We know who he is. Yeah. We know what he does. We don't need to see... We don't need him to be established. We, can, we need him to... Beat a man up. Need him to have. AW has a little bit of an over reliance on that. I feel is they have the him or Lance Archer, and they just come in and have endless squash matches. And why Hobbs as well? You have to fucking maybe a team or or do something. I I I get nothing as a viewer out of that. This one is the best squash match the the company's ever done. So congrats on that. But still, let's do something with Miro. Uh, House of Black beat the acclaimed in, again, I want to say basically a nothing match. Notable for two things. Number one, Alistair Black shaved his little beard off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, clean shaven. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's quite got the chin for uh, not having a beard. No. I, I, I would grow it back. If I were him. Um, and then the seeming retirement of uh, of daddy ass big boy billy bum big boy billy bum and he took off his boots he took an age to take his boots off that's the the arthritis in billy fingers yeah, Mr. daddy fingers not working so well like they used to um and then he kind of did the same as uh 
the JS did to Jericho on the previous show. He just kind of brushed past the acclaimed and there was no explanation. Let's wonder what uh, that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, FDR then promo, as you mentioned earlier. A little bit odd. A little bit of an odd one. The problem is they're not as popular as their heel opponents. So, well, they're kind of baby face slash heel opponents. So, it was very strange. Yeah, they kind of tried to come out and justify why they're good and the Adam Cole MGF stuff is, 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 is bad. Really, what they should have done in my mind is just say, oh, look, we appreciate you guys are having your fun, but soon the fun stops because you're going to be with us. Yeah. And when you, when you get in the ring with us, it's going to be a fight. So you got to be ready, ready, and not try to be like, we know you guys like that stuff. The problem with the whole wrestler versus sports entertainment thing is people quite like sports entertainment when it's done well. So like Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Garcia is doing the sports entertainment and he's really entertaining. Yeah. If he was just doing pure wrestling, it'd be fucking boring. You want him to do the entertainment. So, and that's the thing is like the, the dancing fool character WWE have done a hundred times over. It's always been shit. And yeah, you, you, it just proved that it can be done well. And uh, yeah, FTR, very strange approach to building this match. I didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. Um, Taya Valkyrie Sky Blue, again, kind of a nothingy match. Taya then challenged Britt Baker to a match on Dynamite. And then you had your main event, which was which was good fun. Ended with Ricky uh, holding on to the ropes for the win yet again. Very bold boy. Yeah, it was all right. Um, it was all right. I, I I thought it was still a good collision, but I mean, in sandwich between what we got last week, one of the best wrestling shows I watched in a very long time, mm. and next week with uh, FTR against MJF and uh, Adam Cole. Yeah. And a ladder match with Andrade, Buddy Murphy. Like, it's, it's yeah. sandwich between what, what's sure to be two killer killer shows. I don't mind that sometimes you just have uh, a nice, easy, breezy collision that goes for two yeah. hours, and it's it, it's fine. You know, I will say a lot of a lot of the stuff in the middle with the the acclaimed and House of Black and and the tire match and the mirror match. You know, mm. you, you've got time there where you could do something a little more compelling. <laughs> Obviously. Just but it was, it was still fine. Yeah. It's a very sustainable show. They're not having highs and lows every single... You know, it's kind of just, here's some matches, here's a little bit of storyline, nothing too crazy, which is fine, but also doesn't make me want to stay up and watch it, you know, on a Saturday night, to be honest. Well, I'll be staying up this coming Saturday because I feel like this coming Saturday is going to be a, a great show. A good one. Last yeah. Saturday was obviously an, an excellent show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they keep, keep Collision going. I mean... Not every week can be that, but every two weeks is still quite quite a good ratio. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, that's enough of your wrestling for this week. We've been very wrestling heavy. Yeah. Let's talk about movies because Joe, you and I have seen the same movie uh, once again. So oh. I made my trip out to the cinema. Uh, well, actually, Friday night I went to the local uh, view website to book my tickets mm-hmm. to go see the new Christopher Nolan movie Oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was looking at the times and, you know, one, one twenty in the afternoon, 2 PM, four, four thirty. Like, oh, what time do you want to see the movie? Um, let me book the tickets. Uh, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. <sighs> 
So we got we we went to see Oppenheimer Saturday morning nine thirty a.m. Nice. showing. Nice. Because it was the only one that wasn't sold out until the evening. Yeah. <laughs> so it was either we see it at 9.30 in the evening or we see it at 9.30 in the morning. Yep. And obviously it's a it's a, a quite a long movie. Three hours and zero minutes yep. on the dot. So we decided to see it at the 9.30. Uh, and that's why we, we I went single burger because we, we ate afterwards. Okay. Uh, but it was still quite early in the day. It wasn't feeling yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah. quite having a, a double a double quarter pee. Uh, still, I would say at nine thirty, still a very decent audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say it was it, it was maybe two thirds full. Yeah. Given that all the rest of the showings that day were sold out, I'll, I'll obviously say that also the Barbie showings were, were pretty much sold out throughout the day. There's no no chance to see Barbie after Oppenheimer Fucking for us. Attitude era, man. This is still out. Still out. Um. So we saw Oppenheimer. Uh, and Joe, you've also have seen Oppenheimer. Did you saw Oppenheimer and Barbie on Friday on on, on opening day? Yeah. Uh, so we a similar similar thing. So we went to see Oppenheimer at the IMAX uh, in London, and it was mainly sold out. All of the screenings all day were sold out. The only seats left for the later showings were the front two rows, and I really don't want to sit in the front two rows at IMAX. And no. After, Literally, looks bring the paracetamol for your neck, maybe. God, um, so we we saw it at eight o'clock in the morning on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we both saw it between oh, in the early morning. What's the breakfast showing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we we were in there for strict, you know, it's quite strict at the IMAX, so you have to be in at 8 a.m., ready for it to start. Um, yeah, and it was and it was sold out completely, sold out, and I think all the other screenings that day were sold out the IMAX all day long it was a it was a big big ticket mover um and it was um it was a very specific type of audience that was there at eight o'clock on the Friday morning for the first showing of Oppenheimer plenty of Barbie t-shirts everywhere I bet uh, no it was more uh men in their mid-20s to mid-30s wearing black hoodies uh mm. apparently they're alone <laughs> like a lot of just big Chris Nolan fans are like yes I'm gonna go to the first screening okay um so that was and then later on the barbie crowd was the exact opposite it was almost entirely female 90 percent female pink shirts little kids teenagers it was completely uh diametrically opposed crowd yeah. um but the film itself actually before the film starts they did show a lot of trailers it was like 10 or 12 different trailers wow um before the film started including um gran turismo with orlando bloom which looks like one of the worst movies Ever, <laughs> almost entirely composed by AI, I would imagine. Oh um, yeah, both the visuals and the script. Uh, it does not look like a real movie. It looks like someone's approximation of you know a Rocky underdog movie applied to video game Formula One. Uh, that looked mental. Um, yes, but in the movie itself, Oppenheimer. So it's three hours long. It was incredibly relentless was my first kind of thought. It is very fast paced. It never stopped for three hours. It felt to the, to the point where I felt it, it seemed a bit like a trailer, you know, where it's constantly cutting from one thing to the other. There's score, you know, all the time. Yeah, it never stops. Score. It's just going, going, going all the time. It's like a highlight, a three hour highlight reel. It was, it was crazy, but I thought it, that was brilliant. Actually, I, I, Although it was hard to kind of, you know, 
keep going that pace. It was quite exhausting, but um, I thought it, it did it really well. It kept up the intensity, the kind of ticking clock the whole way through. So I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, everything. Uh, performance is brilliant from Kill- Killian Murphy. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Uh, all the supporting cast, and it's a very deep cast, very deep bench, lots yeah. of great actors, even in tiny roles. In terms of just how many people are in it. Yeah, really, really huge and, and impressive cast. Um, and just a fantastic, fantastic film that kind of balanced. I'd also say one of Nolan's most kind of, even though it jumps around a lot in terms of the timeline, one of his more straightforward films to follow uh, mm. out of the once he's done other than the Batman trilogy really um, it was it, you know anyone could watch this I think and sort of follow what was happening it wasn't one of those complex like what the hell is going on films like it, it, it really kind of told the story very clearly um, and I thought it was I thought it was brilliant I thought it was kind of thought provoking but interesting in, uh, in terms of the story yeah I'll agree on a lot of that I thought it was great um yeah, uh, Nolan lately seems to kind of oscillate between doing these kind of more straightforward historical movies and mm-hmm. then doing his his high concept thrillers, uh, which I think is a good balance because you got like uh, Interstellar into Dunkirk into Tenet into mm-hmm. uh, Oppenheimer, so you get a good balance. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I I thought the pace was very fast for a three-hour movie at no point especially for a three-hour biopic especially Mm. at no point was i bored at no point did i feel like any of the scenes were bloated or unnecessary um maybe maybe a slightly towards the end i i I think it does tend to slow down a little bit but uh, it kind of despite that it kind of grabbed me in again for the last like 20 minutes there was maybe a period two and a half hours in where it felt like it kind of felt like it had reached its climax and then kind of kept going at, yeah. at a slower pace, but then it kind of grabbed me again yeah, and, and, and sucked me back in. So, I mean, that's to speak positively about the film again. Mm. Um, but yeah, very fast, fast scenes, quick scenes, um, cutting back and forth between two timelines. Uh, great performances. I will say, Blow away performance, definite Oscar nomination performance for by one Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, uh, best thing in the movie by uh, a country mile. Mm. Uh, shame that he wasted so much time just playing Iron Man and doing nothing else. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Doctor Doolittle with the fortune dragon. He did, yeah, but didn't he do that after? Uh, didn't that come out after Endgame? Yeah, what do you mean? So. After, oh, during during Iron Man, you mean he wasn't doing anything else? Oh, okay. what, yeah. While he was performing as Iron Man, he basically did right. fuck all else. You know, I, I, even with Doctor, I'm sure he did one. There was like one or two or three other movies, mm. but he basically stopped acting altogether and just was Iron Man. He didn't do any other films. Sorry. So it was good that he was kind of lured out again to do a proper one. And ooey, did he show that he's a, a, a fantastic actor? <laughs> to remind yeah. everyone that he's, he can't, doesn't just do Tony Stark. Uh, yeah. He's he was. Absolutely excellent in it, and although he was only in it very briefly, I really liked uh, Casey Affleck in it as well. Oh, he was he was he was excellent. Around. Even though he was only in it for like a combined five right. minutes, I want to say. Yeah, 
And I, I thought, obviously, I think it might be a bit of a controversial casting because he had that whole Me yeah. Too accusations thing. But I mm-hmm. think, in a way, not to you know belittle that, but it, it actually added to it because the character he plays is supposed to be a very kind of nasty sort of like you know put you on edge sort of character and when he popped up i was like oh i didn't know he was in this film after you know after everything that happened so i kind of almost added to the the character in a sort of you know meta sort of way and he was he was yeah exactly what was needed for that role um and you know you had han solo playing (laughs) basically like a you know an audience stand-in kind of you know hand-holding character but doing it brilliantly um God, it was good. Yeah, he 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 he. Not Harrison Ford, by the way. It was the uh, Elden 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 Reich. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then yeah, I thought Emily Blunt was brilliant. She really gets to shine at the end of the film. So, yeah, also, for sure. Florence Pugh gets the first half. Um, they were both fantastic. And um, yeah, really, really oh. great. I will say, if I was to criticize, hmm. there was a handful of dodgy accents. Okay, yeah. A handful of dodgy actors. I think Benny Safty and uh, and Kenneth Branagh were particularly guilty of that. Oh, Branagh always. What the fuck? <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, in, in these movies, he's always like, uh, I, I'm a really shitty in this movie. Yes, he always no? does the accents with such confidence, though. It's like he, th- he thinks he's doing the best accent you've ever heard. <laughs> like, Branagh, I am Branagh, master, master of accents. In this movie, uh, at different times, I thought he was uh, playing it Russian, South African, and German. I couldn't tell what accent he was trying and then, to do. And then Poirot at one point as well. Oh, my, okay. Side story. So we got we got a trailer before the movie for, oh, yeah. for the new Poirot movie, right? Yeah. So we get a trailer, and I, I don't know what the movie is. Cause I, I, unless I'm in a cinema, I don't watch trailers at all. People will, yeah. will sometimes ask me, did you see the new uh, new trailer for? Da, da, da? Mm. Nope. I, I just I just don't see him. I, I I don't know. I don't follow a lot of like movie people on Twitter, so I don't see trailers yeah. get shared or. So I see I see this thing start. It's a seance with um, oh, what's the actress from Everything Everywhere All at Once uh, called? Who won the Oscar for best? I'm sure you. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh. So you have a, it's like a seance with her in the center of it. I'm like, well, this must be like a new Bloomhouse mm. horror or something. And it's like, it's got, it's like, it's got a jump scare in the trailer. And yeah. I actually turned and said, we've got jump scares in trailers now. Like a proper jump scare. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not, not just like a half one for a trailer, like a proper one. And then it's, it's got, it goes through these like horror tropes. And then it hard cuts to like, uh, Branna in a, in the toilet, looking into a mirror with the old silly mustache on. And I let out an, Completely accidentally, I let let out in the cinema an audible, oh, because <laughs> I, I that's I why I thought it. when I watched it on YouTube, I thought it was like the Conjuring Four or whatever. It one feels of those like movies. something like that. And then suddenly Poirot turns up at the end. He's like, "I might just be the best detective in the world. It is a matter of life and death." And I was like, "Wait, what? It's a Poirot movie? Yeah, what's that about? It looks like a horror movie. It, it does. Yeah, it does look like one of those movies." you know, when someone recuts a trailer to make it look like a different genre. Yeah. That's it looks like, like one of those. Very yeah. strange. Very weird. Cause I've seen four Poirot movies now, mm. three, three of the old run and the new Orient Express. I haven't seen the new, uh, death on the Nile yet. Mm. 
But I might, I might check it out because I do want to see this new one because this new one isn't based on one of the early ones. I think it's a first-time one. Uh, so I'm interested. But yeah, the other ones all feel very kind of silly and camp. This is the first time I've seen a Poirot where it feels like a horror movie. It's very strange. But I'm sure I'll check it out. But anyway, back to Oppenheimer. Um, really well-structured. Great story. Great story. Yeah. Um, I don't think it glorifies Oppenheimer much. Uh, maybe a little bit at the end, like the last mm. half an hour where the um, the kind of plot of the film slightly changes. I think there it does kind of make you sympathize a lot with the Oppenheimer character. And I just kind of didn't. I said, well, this lad fucking created a weapon that killed thousands of people. Fuck him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but to that point, the film doesn't glorify him. And actually there, there's some scenes mm. where, you know, after the bombs are dropped on, on Japan, you have scenes of like, um, celebration and, and great joy yeah. in, in yeah. the fact that these things have happened. And I mean, the reality honestly is that, um, this is what would have happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is, this is the reality of, you know, countries at war didn't have a lot of compassion for the other side, but watching it with kind of modern eyes, you feel just like total repulsion for yeah. the, the, the utter joy of these people's faces having just dropped an atom bomb on two, on two cities and killed thousands of people. I, th- I think the most jarring thing as well is that, so they're racing to build this bomb before the Nazis do. That's the whole kind of, a conceit of why they're doing this project is, Oh, the Nazis are going to build a bomb. We have to build it first. Right. Hitler's dead and the Nazis have surrendered. And they're like, yeah, just carry on building the bomb. Let's just, let's just build it anyway. Right. And then we can drop right. it on Japan. You know? And it's like, mm, okay. I think once, once those stakes are taken away, then it, that's when it really becomes like, well, this is now a moral question. This is not about self-preservation or fighting right. the Nazis. This is about, we just want to have the biggest weapon and be able to do what we want so mm. yeah Whew, up and over. I'll, I'll throw out one more one more complaint about mm. it is that there's a there's a character actor who shows up a british character actor who shows up very late in the film playing a high oh, yeah. level american yeah uh official official yes when did he become a bad actor because he's been shit for at least a decade i want to say scathing yeah yeah I, I i without spoiling the character in the film i'm talking Take about that ross kemp i'm talking about gary uh, gary oldman who gary is coleman. Uh, gary coleman rest in peace up there in heaven gary oldman uh he uh, anytime i've seen him in a movie in the last decade he feels like especially when he's playing a, a historical figure uh, also in the film darkest hour where he played churchill he, he always feels like an snl skip i can never buy him uh, mm. as a real person, a real character. He always feels like he plays it way hammy, way over the top. But Oppenheimer, I, I went uh, I went for the, the, the four and a half, four and a half stars on it. Mm. Uh, very, very good. Um, yeah. Although when we came out of the, the screening, there were two teenage boys, also in hoodies, funny enough, since you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, and one said to the other one, that was stupid. <laughs> I think they might have been expecting the Chris Nolan movie where people go into people's dreams or 
fight, have like backwards fights and stuff. Not the historical three-hour epic, you know? Yeah. But yes, I thought it was very, very good. Yep. And then we also saw Barbie. Um, I won't go into the spoilers for it. I enjoyed it. I think we both, you know, Michelle and I both liked it, but it, a bit disappointed. I thought maybe uh-huh. it was going to be kind of better than it, even better than it was. And it was quite funny. Did get quite a few laughs, but it's also a lot of stuff. It was a bit meh. Uh, Will Ferrell in particular, I just oh really hasn't hasn't been funny for a good fifteen years now. <laughs> Him and Gary Oldman should make a movie together. That uh, yeah. No one watches. God, um, it, you know the the movie did have a lot of mess. You know, very kind of direct feminist messaging in it, which I have to say, people in the screen loved. There, there was a whole round of applause broke out after one speech towards the end of the movie, and they were really into it. Another round of applause at the end, and I'm. Um, I, 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 it's not that I disagreed with any of it, but I thought it wasn't particularly kind of like novel or like, uh, controversial, you know what I mean? It was, it was kind of, you know, oh, women aren't allowed to have cellulite. It's like, yeah, I I mean, that's not, is that shocking to say in a movie? You know, is it like, oh my God, can you believe, you know, saying this? I was like, no, not really. Even though it's a Barbie movie, but it, it was fine. Maybe I was expecting kind of too much from it uh, to be too subversive and too kind of just out there. At the end of the day, it's a Barbie movie, so <laughs> maybe maybe in that context, it is it is pretty bold. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It was I thought it visually it was, it was just really different and interesting, and the songs, the set pieces were all brilliant. Uh, a lot of the jokes were really good, so I did really like it. Just I thought maybe it was going to be like kind of a top top film I, I didn't i didn't think it was i th- I think the simpsons did it better 29 years ago with uh lisa versus malibu stacy <laughs> basically the same message um told in a better funnier way uh in 23 minutes but anyway still good still good still a big thumbs up for barbie yeah i haven't seen it yet but what i did see was uh ben shapiro did a 43 minute review of the movie <sighs> And I did watch the first five minutes of it. And let me tell you, if you thought that our reviews on this podcast were uh, ill thought out and uh, poorly observed and uh, surface level, you've seen nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the in the first minute alone, his his argument boiled down to uh, it's shit. It's dog shit. You won't believe how shit it is. It's like, at any moment, are you going to explain why you think that? No, I'm just going to say it over and over again. So Mm. you know that's what I think. Um, And he said that costumes, it's got good costumes. That's for, that's for the women. Men, men can never appreciate good costume design in a film, Joe. So you know that. They're not interested in costumes. Yeah. Does he not realize that like Oppenheimer has costume design as well? (laughs) Like, what does that mean? Co- costume design. No, they, they all wore their own clothes. For yeah, moment. I guess so. Uh, in summary, what a fucking idiot that chap what is. What a wanker. But he's, anyway, he's very, obviously very successful at it. But, I mean, goddamn. If, listeners, if you if you subscribe to or watch any of his content, you're you're a fucking idiot as well. Sorry. Mm. And that's that, <laughs> that's not entirely as well. That guy is a fucking Did knob. You? Prick. 
Anyway, and also he, he did a little picture on his Twitter. Uh, my producers dragged me along to see Barbie with, uh, with, and he had a little notepad in his hands. Oh my God, oh. live your life, lad. Jesus Christ. Anyway, in other movies, I also saw two more of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, I watched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Junior. Junior. Um, it's fucking great. What I love about Last Crusade is it, it feels like the perfect marriage of Raiders and Temple of Doom. Mm. It has the uh, madcap uh, slapstick and comedy of Temple of Doom, but it also has this, the kind of self-serious well-madeness of Raiders. Um, and so I thought it was like, perfectly judged to kind of fit between the two of them. For, for people who prefer Raiders, they maybe think Temple of Doom is too silly or uh, whatever, and people who enjoy Temple of Doom think that Raiders is maybe a little bit too straight-laced and, and too straightforward. I think Lost Crus- or Last Crusade uh, perfectly fits the bill as a kind of halfway house to satisfy both. And, yeah. and it doesn't feel like it loses anything for being half of one and half of the other. I think rather it's stronger for it. I think it's mm. possibly the best of the trilogy. Uh, but I do think the trilogy, the three of them, are all excellent. I think I, they're all yeah. nines and tens for me. I uh, I love that. I watched the um, Red Letter Media. They did a review of Raiders of the Lost... Was it Raiders of the Lost Ark or was it the actual the new movie? I can't remember, but anyway. They did a Temple of Doom review recently. The, oh, the Temple of Doom review. Um, but Mike was talking about the Raiders, uh, sorry, was talking about Last Crusade being just a retread of the first one, which is kind of true. It's like Nazis mm. and left to retrieve an item and stuff, but yeah. it's just so good that like, I don't give a, I don't care. Like sequels are often retreads of the previous movie because that's what people want. You want to see the same thing again, just a bit different. Well, I, I don't know that it is. I mean, it is in the sense of a lot of those, those parts are the same, but there's a lot more, clue solving yeah uh, then then raider raiders doesn't really have much of that at all it's not a treasure hunt is it really? no this this one's last crusade and temple of doom are a lot more treasure hunting last crusade especially feels like it's really a precursor to stuff like the da vinci code and mm. um, where they're in the, the the library which used to be a church and they find the x and they go into the x, x, x the spot <laughs> there's a lot of that stuff in it which wasn't so prevalent in the other movies mm. um and then, yeah, Sean Connery doesn't show up until over, like, an hour into the movie. He's not there throughout. Uh, and as you uh, astutely pointed out, he's he's younger than Tom Cruise is in uh, in the latest Mission Impossible movie. So, there you yeah. go. Uh, I love the stuff at the end with the uh, with the knight guarding the grail. That's oh, so iconic and, and excellent as well. And uh, the, the, the best message at the end of any of the movies... Where the the German girl uh, gets gets obsessed with it. I, I can get it. I can get it. She falls to her doom, and then Indy nearly falls into the same trap as he's falling mm. into the chasm, and and Sean Connery's holding his hand and he's reaching out. I, I can I can get the Grail. I'm, I'm touching it. I can get it. Let let it go, Sean. Let it go. Let it go. And the message of of you know material. Uh, yeah possession and ownership is, is, is not as important as the friends you made along the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big, big, big thumbs up. Uh, and I also watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The much reviled fourth movie in the series. Uh, I've always defended that movie. I've always gone to bat for it and say people hate it. 
it's not as bad as people say it is. And I think that is still true. But it is worse than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not great. Uh, especially revisiting the, the original trilogy. And, and really, it's more so the fact that they are as good as they are. Mm. Um, Crystal Skull feels like... First of all, I can't believe that Spielberg directed it. It feels like if you got... I don't know who did... Like, like Colin Trevorrow to direct uh, an idiot. Like, it just feels so... It's fine, but it feels like, God, I wouldn't even say, like, National Treasure, because National Treasure is, like, great. It's like, I don't know. It's 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 better than that new Mummy. It's not as good as National Treasure, but it feels like it's just like a, a middle of the road. It's like Jungle Cruise or something. It's like, it's like that, that kind of movie where it's just they just made a movie. There's a lot of F uh, special effects in it that aren't great. The plot of the movie isn't great. There's not a lot of satisfying treasure hunting. Um, Kate Blanchett gives one of the worst performances in in modern cinema history. She's horrible, in it, and I I really like Kate Blanchett, especially in in Tar this year. Mm. I thought she was phenomenal. In it. I hated her in this. I thought she was terrible. Uh, the Mutt Williams Shia LaBeouf angle just doesn't work at all. Um. It's, but it's fine. I mean, it's. I think I went two and a half star. It's like it's 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 watchable enough, and yet a lot of it, a lot of it also doesn't make sense. Like the 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 Kate Blanchett character, aside from the performance itself, her character motivations are never really clear. What she wants to get out of having the skull, like mm-hmm. with the previous movies, the Nazis were trying to get the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail for very specific and outlined reasons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. mostly to do with. Uh, a little thing called the World War Two. Right? <laughs> now, obviously, this this being set after World War Two, they yeah. have to kind of pivot to the Russians want to get this thing, and it's never really clear why. Um, and one thing they don't do as well, which I thought would have been very clever for them to do, and probably would have bumped the score up at least a star, is at the end of the movie when uh, Kate Blanchett uh, in, in, through the MacGuffin has her. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark moment. Um, they just like she just evaporates with it like a, a crappy CGI effect. I'm like, surely that's where you do the callback and you do the um, you know practical effect melting head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's 20 years. I think Crystal Gold was 2008. Raiders was like what 81. So you're talking about. 27 years later surely you do the callback and do a practical effect that's what those movies are known for but they didn't they did a 2008 cg which looks exactly as you might expect it to and so that's kind of that's kind of a microcosm of, of the film as a whole is it just you, you don't feel entirely satisfied by it because it just doesn't feel like there's as much thought put into it as maybe there should have been alas uh that's all the movies that i watched Nice. Have you got a bit of a TV? I don't know. Well, did you, did you not watch another movie first? Oh, I did watch another movie called The End of the Affair. Uh, Ray Fiennes and Julianne Moore are in it. Um, Ray Fiennes gets his bum out. Um, oh, really? Apparently, it won a lot of Oscars. We have it on DVD because Michelle's boss gave it to her once. Um, I don't know why, but we've had it sat on the shelf for two years, and we were like, "Oh, let's let's watch this." 
Uh, it's a kind of love affair between Ray Fiennes and, and, and Julianne Moore. And he's also paying a private detective to kind of follow her around to make sure she's not cheating on him. But she is married and he is the other man. So she is cheating ah. on her husband with him. So that's why he's paranoid right. about someone else also having her. And it's kind of backfires on him. It's a good film. It's very, it feels very old fashioned. It feels a lot old. It was made in 1999, but feels like about 40 years old. Um, but it was it was good. It also features um, Mr. Jason Isaacs in one of his earliest roles. Oh. Hello, to, hello to Jason Isaacs. I like Jason Isaacs a lot. Yeah, he was in that show Awake, which I always recommend to people. Oh, of course, yeah. They've never heard of it. Yeah, um, he's great. Yeah, um, so it was good. It was good. I, but I wouldn't rush to rewatch it. But it was unless great. you want to see some uh, some bum bum, some fines, some fine fines ass. It was yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah in terms of tv i'm i'm uh finished a lot of stuff that i was watching last week so i'm i'm just plugging on with nathan for you season three mm. uh some very funny stuff in there um and i'm also watching i also watched a bit of the simpsons there was simpsons on tv oh, yeah. today there was uh the one I, don't, I unfortunately don't remember the name of the episode but it's the one where um Bart is given the choice between staying here, uh, crying and hoping your dog comes back, or eating dog food uh, and crying until your tears taste enough like dog food to make your dog come back, or you can go out there and find your dog. Uh, the Laddie episode, whatever that's called. Uh, and then has a bit at the end that I didn't quite get as a child, which is that Laddie finds something in the blind man's pocket, and then suddenly the oh, police yeah. officers all show up to, to Bob Marley music. Uh, I believe the inference is that they smoke marijuana and get Ooh, high the and, 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 and prostitutes potentially are showing up as well. Very good episode. Um, and one thing that I'm actually wanting to do, I, I wonder if the time is right or do I leave it a little bit longer? Is it time for another Simpsons Rewind? Oh. All the way back to season one. Isn't it always, really? Yeah, but I I, I did one... Recently enough, and when I say recently enough, it was probably five, six years ago. But with Simpsons, I feel like, do I want to leave a little while and then come back and do it? Or do I want to just go ahead first? One thing I want to do this time as well is catalog a little like scoring system mm. and definitively say, these are my favorite episodes. This this is the scoring of the seasons against each other, uh, like average score per episode, that kind of thing. Come up with something like that. Anyway, it's, it's not on the table just yet, but it's it's in the the, the pipeline. Let's say. Uh, continuing to play also Luigi's Mansion on the Nintendo Switch. That's a very very fun game. Uh, in the Mario universe, albeit with Luigi as the star. Um, I'm about halfway through it. It's not a very long game. It's probably going to take me eight nine hours when it's all said and done. Uh, it's 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 quite fun. You play uh, a ghost busting Luigi, and you Hoover up ghosts into your Hoover, and that's that's it. And you make your way up through this hotel, and each floor of the hotel is a different theme. So you have a a, a garden floor, you have a, an old castle floor, uh, one floor which is a movie set, which has Luigi starring in some classic movie uh, tropes. It's uh, it's really really good, and it's a reminder that Nintendo 
are one of the the best games developer out there making some truly unique uh experiences mm. uh, and i'm also playing a little bit of halo co-op halo which is which is good fun as well um almost finished that also uh and and yeah there's a game out that i do want to play but that unfortunately for the time being is a playstation 5 exclusive and i don't own a playstation 5 sadly but it's called viewfinder mm. and i think i will get a loan of my brother's ps5 to play it it's uh it's seemingly another of these portal type uh high concept first person puzzle games Mm. It's one where you have a Polaroid camera and you take a picture of something in the world, like a door, and then you hold the Polaroid out in front of you and it plays with the perspective of the photo against the backdrop. So you can turn around and maybe you have a wall that you need to get through. You hold the picture of the door up and suddenly it becomes a door on the wall and then you can go through the door. So it's oh, a lot okay. of, that kind of that kind of stuff. So there's a few of those games um, on Switch as well, there's a game called Super Liminal, which I really, really enjoyed as well on Switch, which is to do with playing with perspective. So you can have a a, a wall and then like a, a cliff top, like a flat cliff top. You say, oh, I need to get up to the cliff top. But all I have is this little slice, of, this little uh, pizza shape of like cheese. How do mm. I get up? And so what you do is you, you look at the cheese from a certain angle and suddenly you've got a big ramp to get up. Because the cheese oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. becomes really, really big, because uh, you've you've saved yeah, it with yeah, that yeah. perspective. Right, that, that game right. Super Liminal is is really, yeah. really fun on Switch as well. And obviously, your your portals and your Stanley parables. I love that genre of game. So Viewfinder looks like it will be right up my alley. Unfortunately, not available on Switch mm. or Xbox, which are my consoles of choice. It is on PC. Uh, I don't play on PC. <laughs> I'll get around of a PlayStation and I'll play it on there. Uh, I also I'm going to trade my brother because he never played uh, Bowser's Fury. I'm gonna right. I have that on my Switch. I'm gonna let him take my Switch for a while and play uh, play that, which is also a fantastic game for people out there. Um, so Joe, I think all we have left is music. I haven't listened to anything, so I'll let you okay. take some brief music reviews. So album of the week was Sunburn by Dominic Fike. Uh, now I picked this, it was a new release, so I just picked it at random. I had no idea who he is or what it's about. Right. Um, I would describe it as someone kind of rapping over very middle of the road indie music. That's okay. my estimation of the genre. Sounds good. It was, um, it sounds like something they might play in a clothes shop on the high street. Um, wow. Just very kind of inoffensive. So I, I, th- I assume this is what like people like. These this is what days, the kids, kind of, kids are enjoying. Sort yeah. of rapping, but not like actual hip hop or rap, because you don't, that'd be too too much, too interesting. Mm. So we okay. have a really banal, like indie rock, and then a guy rapping about how he, he kind of came from the streets and mm. uh, made it climbed up. Turns out this guy stars in Euphoria, uh, the HBO show. I didn't realize. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And he's also now a music person. Um, it was, I didn't dislike it, actually. It was just a bit. I didn't really have any strong reaction to it. It was kind of just uh, there. So I had a, list, mm. a couple of listens to it. It was mercifully, it was only 30, 35 minutes long. <laughs> mercifully, um, this one's over. That's the other thing. It had like 14 tracks on it, but it was only 35 minutes long. They're all like two and a half minute long songs, which I think is a, mm. a streaming era kind of thing. You have very short songs, so you get more streams. 
Um, yeah, I'll um, find something a bit more interesting next week, I think. There we go. Very good. That brings us to the end of the show. So yeah. thanks for joining us once again. Oh, one more thing I forgot to talk about. Pause. Sorry. One more thing. One more thing. I did talk about it with the, the, the wrestling TV catch-up. Mm. I finished watching AW All Access as well. Okay. And I've started watching Dark Side of the Rings latest season. Okay. Uh, AW All Access, uh, totally worthless. Yeah. Um, so let me t- give you the, the kind of takeaway you get from, from watching AW All Access. Uh, Ty Mello broke Ruby Soho's nose. Joe, I don't know if you remember mm. this. So Ruby Soho doesn't know she can trust Ty Mello. And then they have that big street fight. Remember the, the street fight with uh, Willow powerbombing mm. Anna off the stage? Right. So after that match, uh, Ruby says, you know, Maybe we're not going to be the best friends, but I respect you. Mm. And I was like, this is this is bollocks. Uh, and also, Anna Jay uh, broke her ribs because she got power on the miss table. Uh, anyway, more on that next week. And it's like, well, it's one of those shows where they've very specifically written their little stories that they're going to tell. It's not a documentary. It's not, here's what happened and let's react to it. It's very, very uh, strictly signposted, annoyingly so. You don't get a lot of insight from it, um, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, it was just, just just a benign reality show with with not a lot to say at the end of the day. So mercifully, that's over. Six episodes of nothing. Uh, I've started watching Dark Side of the Rings season four. Um, on the, just, I haven't just finished the first episode yet, the Chris Candido and Sonny one. I've got like 10 minutes left in that. But uh, I'll make my way through that as well. Uh, I'm enjoying much more the documentary feel of that versus AW All Access's nothing-y uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello complaining that they don't have interesting storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two should get down on their hands and knees and thank God every time they're on fucking TV because they're <laughs> so annoying. Um, uh, but yeah, just wanted to get that in before we finish. Whew. Okay, well, good, good to get that update on wrestling documentaries. Yeah. Uh, and that'll do it for this week. So thank you for joining us, everyone. Um, hope you had a wonderful week and a wonderful week to come. We will be back next week for episode 620, uh, where we will be discussing um, AEW Collision. Big week for that. Uh, hopefully we'll get some progress on All In, uh, which is only four weeks away. And we'll probably have some more movies, TV, video game, music life reviews for you so from me um, it's goodbye and from my good friend Paul Griffin it's goodbye as well it's goodbye as well see you next week bye